For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, taking up until noon on 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial, bottom of the hour. Our friend Scott Dockerman uh, from The Athletic on college football. Look forward to catching up with Doc right now in his normal spot. It's Monday at 11.05. That means it's time for our buddy Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm great. It's, uh, you know. Getting close to the dog days of summer, it feels pretty good. Indeed it does, and I think we're in for an eventful week in baseball as the crackdown, or at least we assume it's oh, going yeah. to be a crackdown. <laughs> June the 21st is upon it. So what will change, Matt Snyder? How are umpires going to handle being in charge of trying to reel back some of the pitchers doctoring baseballs? I've been doing it forever. Uh, this isn't a surprise. This didn't come out of anywhere. And, you know, a lot of the pushback is, well, you know what? If we wouldn't have, uh, if we wouldn't have come close to breaking Hank Aaron's record, or we would, if the Maris record would have been, uh, wouldn't have got to that, they would have stopped at 55. Then we still would have had the, you know, the substances in, uh, helping out the batters. I don't know what this is going to do. What do you expect, uh, going forward from today? Maybe I'm too hopeful. Maybe I'm being naive or just cautiously optimistic. But I don't think it's going to be very like overly noticeable, in my opinion. Because remember, another one of Rob Manfred's babies is pace of play. So the umpires are basically being mm. told to check uh, like during commercial breaks and stuff. So if you're there, you might see an umpire go and look. But my guess is that it's going to be pretty quick. My guess is like right when the pitcher takes the mound – one of the umpires will just like look at the glove and look at the hand and then say, all right, you're good to go, stuff like that. And if they see him grabbing something like a belt buckle or a hat, maybe, hey, let me see that hat. Or let me kind of flip that belt buckle over for me for a second, will you? Something like that kind of in between innings. Um, and as big of a deal that has been made about it, my hunch is that in and of itself is a big enough deterrent that we're not really going to see that much. But again, I could be naive. Maybe it'll blow up and there'll be a ton of guys suspended. You know, Matt, it, it almost reminds me of college basketball. And no, you're a college basketball fan. Beginning of the year, they're going to fix the sport. They're going to do this. Tom Izzo's team can't clutch and grab all game long, and it'll happen in November. And by the time we get yeah. to January, February, March, it's completely different. Wait, I, whatever. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see maybe a week of this, and by the time we get to the end of the regular season of the playoffs, it'll be all systems go and sticky wherever you can find a spot for it. Well, remember the, the obviously this is, doesn't have anything to do with like cheating or bending the rules. But remember when it was like for a pace of play measure, you have to keep one foot in the batter's oh, box. Yeah. Well, how long did that That's last? Right. Uh-huh. I mean, I can just picture Adrian Beltre like stepping out and then going like, "Oh shoot, my bad." My uh-huh. bad. <laughs> but yeah, that that did not last very long at all. They're not too worried about it. So uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what do we learn about the Cubs this weekend? I'll get to the both teams in Chicago as the uh, White Sox took it on the chin from the Astros, uh, losing, what, a four-game set the, as, as they did. But the Cubs have Miami in town. Now, Miami's not uh, – I mean, they're not 
awful. Let's put it that way. They've got some parts. Uh, but the Cubs, yeah. they've still got two guys in Happ and Hayward who can't hit an absolute lick. Uh, Pitching-wise, Davies wasn't good. He'd been good before in, in his previous start. Arietta looks like he's completely washed up. Uh, we thought that this was a no doubt about it. They're going to be bye, bye, bye as we get close to the uh, to the trade deadline. After this past week, where are you in this Cubs team? I mean, they're, they're still in first place. So, I, I mean, you've got to be a buyer, especially because they don't really have that much on the book after this year or even after next year. Um, I, so it, it seems to me, I, I think we can pretty well peg down what the Cubs are at this point. The offense is going to be inconsistent, and it's going to go through stretches of boom like we saw in May, and it's going to go through stretches of bust like we saw in April and like we're seeing right now. The rotation is probably going to be a problem most of the year. I mean, Arietta's cooked. I agree with you. I think Davies, for the most part, will be okay. Mm-hmm. Hendricks is back. Um, once Alzelay and Trevor Williams are healthy, you- you'll be able to count on the rotation a little bit more. It was an encouraging adding by Alex Mills. But I think you have to say the rotation is going to continue to be an issue for, for most of the year, and that's what you- they'll try to address in front of the deadline. I just don't know how much is going to be out there. Um, and the bullpen, I, I think we've seen enough wow. that it is legitimately yep. one of the best, if not the best, bullpens in baseball. And I don't think that anything's going to change. I, I mean, if you look at, if you watch Tapera, Chafin, and Kimbrell hmm. to, to, to go four innings yesterday, and that's what they've been basically all year, I don't see why anything would be any different. So I think this is just what it's going to be. It's, it's going to be, can you get the ball to those three? And even more than those three, it's been. I mean, Winkler's been great. Brothers have been good. Keegan Thompson, Tommy Nance have been good. It's not just them, but it's like, can you somehow get a starter through four or five innings with the lead? And if that's the case, they're probably going to win games. You know, we've talked a lot about the top end, the Max Scherzers of the world at the Nats are sellers. How about that next tier, though, of starting pitching? I've seen pretty much anybody that needs a starter. It seems like Kyle Gibson, the former twin, now Ranger, he's been uh, involved in pretty much every one of those. Well, here's a guy that's putting up a nice season. What other names of that next tier starting pitcher do you believe is going to be out there and can help a team like the Cubs? Well, let's see. Um, Mike Miner, mm-hmm. the Royals, if he's going well, he's a lefty there. I suppose it's possible. He's signed through next year, though, with the 2023 team option, so I don't know. Um, gosh, it's just it's it's just tough right now because it's so early, and the teams that are bad, they're, they're probably bad because they're starting pitching terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there just aren't that many. And, I mean, like, the Tigers are an old standby where you see somebody's like, Matthew Boyd's name mm-hmm. bandied about a lot, and he's having a good year, but he's hurt right now. So it, it's tough. It, it's going to be, and I don't know. And we, like you mentioned, Scherzer, that was like the all roads pointed to him being like the big splash in front of the trade deadline. But they're going so well right now. They're only five games out. They won't sell. If they're only five games out, they're not going to sell. They're two years off of a championship. So it, it's it's it seems like you're, you're going to have mostly like mid tier arms. Somebody like Gibson or Miner might be the best available names. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, covers baseball. We talk to him this time each and every Monday here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Well, make way for the next young phenom, Acuna, Soto, Guerrero, Tatis. Apparently you've got company, and I'm sure I'm missing a couple of those young uh, stars. I I think I put Bichette in that conversation because he's unbelievably good. Oh, yeah. And that's my Blue Jay fandom showing, but I can't help it. Uh, But Wander Franco, here he comes. Trent and I talked about him in the last hour. 
Bauer. Uh, apparently, this kid is going to take his place alongside of those young, great players in the game of baseball. I, for one, can't see, uh, can't wait to see what all the hype is about. A five-tool player. Here he comes starting tomorrow night. What do you know about Wander Franco? Uh, what you said, all around. Uh, you've got a guy who, who can hit for power. He can hit for uh, he can hit for average. He, he's fast. He has uh, six triples and five stolen bases uh, in 39 AAA games before his promotion. Uh, he, he can pick it at short. He has a great arm. You're looking at, like you said, an all-around superstar type. Uh, maybe like a, a Manny Machado type date when, when Machado came up with the Orioles, except a little bit faster. Something like that might be, uh, is something I would expect. The only thing is, I, gosh, I hate to lay comps on him before he's ever played right. a game though, you know? Cause it's, it's, it's so much pressure because all these guys recently have been so good right from the get go. Like you, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout actually had a bad first year for a month or so, but then his second year he was great. Manny Machado was good from the get go. And like you said, now with Acuna and Soto, uh, didn't click right away for Vlad Jr., right. but he's sure going now. Uh, Tatis took the league by storm right away. So there's a lot of pressure, but the thing is, he's probably going to be able to handle it in all likelihood. Uh, you know, all indications on this kid are he's also mentally tough in addition to his physical skills. All-star game balloting? No, not, we're not going to go there. What we are going to go to, though, is the home run derby Getting Otani there, oh, what wow. a huge yeah. coup! What a it huge is. week he had. Yeah, not only that too, it's huge for baseball though to yep. get this guy to get him to agree. We've seen so many stars just say thanks, but no thanks. Great thing for him for baseball, uh, just incredible. I am so excited about this. As excited <laughs> as I've been for a home run derby, I'm going to say it a long time. Yeah, it's it's, and I'm telling you, ever since they put in the clock, the home run derby's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Almost every year, it's it's exciting now. Uh, I, it's a, it's great for the game worldwide. It's great globally for the game. Uh, we're going to have a worldwide audience for that thing. And I, I know that in, in if us being inside the sport and it being our jobs, like we're talking too much about him or we're covering him too much. But I, I think if you looked at it from the outside, we're probably not covering him enough but of what he's doing right now. He's pitching like an all-star pitcher and hitting like an MVP candidate. That's just mm-hmm. nobody since Babe Ruth and maybe not even him because he didn't do it at the same time has done this before. And he's not slowing down. He's getting better. He's hit six homers in his last six games. So uh, I would like to see a big showcase for him. Uh, you know, not only the home run derby, but I hope he starts at DH, and I hope they find a way to get him into pitch. <laughs> yeah, that, that would certainly work. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievable. So when, uh, when will we see DeGrom again? Uh, we we found out that it was you know we we exhaled I think baseball fans uh, let out an exhale I don't think he's pitched since then has he? Uh, he's gotten shut down each of his last two starts. Right, last time was against the Cubs on Tuesday Wednesday. I they keep saying he's okay and he might take his next start. The weirdest thing to me is he gets removed from a game for like an arm injury or whatever. And then the next day, all the Mets beat writers be like, well, DeGrom's out throwing right now. Right. Like, you can't just take one day off from throwing. <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, I will see, I guess. Um, I, I mean, it's the, the Mets keep saying they don't, they don't think that much is wrong. And, but you know, it's every time you hear the Mets team doctors don't think anything is wrong. That seems like it's a big red flag for yeah. me. Uh, because if it's so many, I mean, David Wright, like the entire back half of his career, he was always, well, he, he might be okay, he might be okay, and then he just never played. So 
hopefully he's okay um, because he is the best pitcher in the world right now, and what he's doing is historic. And I kind of feel like he's on a Hall of Fame run, but since he started so late, he's got to keep compiling. Your power rankings are out as they are each and every Monday at CBSSports.com. Don't tell me who's 30. Oh, that one's an easy one. That that was the free square <laughs> yep. after yep. 23 oh, consecutive on the road, 17 overall. It's incredible how bad this Diamondbacks team oh, is. God. The top spot, too. You put the Giants there. I mean, does it feel weird? I still I watch this team, yeah. and I just don't get it. I agree, but I, I can't justify anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could have. I thought about the Astros, really, as, as mm-hmm. well as the Astros are going right now. They've won something like, 13 of the last 17, and they're just bludgeoning teams. They're like a plus 50 run differential in those last 17 games. Uh, so I thought about them, too. But, it's, it, I mean, the Giants have the best record. They're good away from home. They're good at home. They play fewer home games than road games. So when they get more of their home games, <laughs> I, I assume they'll keep winning. Uh, I, I do a gambling column every Friday night, and I pick the Giants. And I'm telling you, I've never been more confident in the pick. And I, <laughs> it, it, if you look at their personnel, it just you, you want to say how, but they've got they've got something going. They, they've really got something going out there. Uh, Dodgers for the first time in 150 games. Speaking of gambling columns, won't uh, take the field tonight as the betting favorite, which is just crazy. They're finally going to be a dog. First time since they faced Scherzer in October of 2019. Wow. We shall see. That's a, that's an amazing stat. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. What are you working on this week that we can look forward to reading? Uh, I've got the gambling call on Friday. I don't have anything else specific planned for now. We'll just kind of, you know, see what kind of material presents itself, you know? Watch the umpires, how they're handling mm-hmm. the sticky stuff. Yeah, and, see if and, and you know, I, I think the Diamondbacks go back out on the road. Oh, no. <laughs> so we we got to follow that. At some point, they go back out on the road. Looks yeah. like they're home tonight. Yeah, home yeah. hasn't it hasn't been actually good for him. No, uh, it hasn't as been great well. either. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I think that's um, uh, how umpires crack down in Major League Baseball. At least there is. When I first read it, I thought you know that's a vacation. Guy gets ten games off with pay. That's a vacation. That's not a suspension. But the fact that they don't they Major League Baseball doesn't let the uh, the pitchers the suspended pitchers team fill that roster spot. Well, that's putting some teeth into it. And not only that, if you're a back into the rotation guy, or if you're a, kind of a depth bullpen. In peace, you can't risk losing your job. Yeah, good point. Good point. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, thank you. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, you do the same. Matt Snyder joining us as we talk a little MLB each and every Monday at this time until September. 17 straight losses. How devastating that has to be. Oh, my God. Just going there in mm-hmm. so many different ways. Plenty of good seats available. <laughs> yes. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get in price tonight, twelve ninety nine. Jeez. The Brew Crew for three. Is that who's there? Yeah. And then they go to San Diego and St. Louis. This thing going to reach. What? Any idea what the longest MLB losing streak is? All well, time? what did the Orioles start with in 1984? 0-22, okay. I want to say. And that was 88. Was it 88? Yes, yeah. Orioles losing streak. I'm almost positive. Well, then what? who am I thinking of? 1988 losing streak Orioles 21 straight to open the season. So to go to go to the 1980 because I thought there was a long losing streak in 84. Too. 84 is when the Tigers started 30 and five. That's maybe what I'm yes. thinking. That's it. Or thirty-five? Was it thirty-five and five or thirty and five? They were. I mean, it was ridiculous. Whatever mm-hmm. it was, they went into the World Series that year. I, I saw them play in uh, in Texas that year. Okay, before this was the, it was before the. 
So that's three ballparks ago. Thirty-five and five. Yeah, it was it was a long streak in eighty-four. That's so right. eighty-eight was the ineptitude. That was the ineptitude. So let's okay. find longest losing streak in MLB. Here it is. All right, longest twenty-six is the all-time record with the Louisville Colonels. Really. Uh, the Cleveland Spiders, they lost 24 straight. These are in the 1800s. Let's come mm-hmm. a little more are we recent. Going back to the Spiders, by the way. Have the, has Cleveland decided what they're going to call themselves? They should. It's a great name. It's not bad, yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's so many bad ones out there that that one, mm-hmm. I think, works. But no, nothing officially. The Philadelphia Phillies, 1961. They went 47 and 107 that year. Mm. They lost 23 straight. There's your modern day record. So what's the, what's the record for the most loss? It's got to be a buck. 30 bucks 25 in a season? Yeah. A buck. Because the Tigers didn't break the record when they lost, what was it, 112 games or whatever here. So it's got to be 120 something. Most losses. I'll go 125. 122 is going to be my guy. 120 is the record. The Mets of 1962. Uh, The expansion Mets. Not very good. No, no, they weren't. But it wasn't too many years later. What, 69 they won it all? Yeah. Uh, 1969. Miller and Condon back after this. We will get into it with our friend Scott Dockerman of The Athletic. We take you until noon. Glad you're with us on 1460 KXNO and 101. This is KXNO. DraftKings Sportsbook. Not only my favorite sportsbook, but America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate. Also has plenty of instruction for you new bettors out there and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family, they've been loving DraftKings Sportsbook because I just won't stop talking about it. I know you will as well. Listen to this great offer. Indeed, Trent. Uh, DraftKings putting you courtside with your chance to turn a dollar into $100 in site credits. That's right. Any basketball team that's still in contention, bet a buck. And if your team wins, you win 100 bucks in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings also has great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more. And it's all week long. Safe, secure, they're reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds and do so at your convenience. So this is what I want you to do. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code KXNO when you sign up. Turn $1 into $100 in free credits. All you do, bet on a basketball team of your choice just to win. Not cover, win their next game. And if they do, you'll claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code KXNO for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only, new customers only. Wagers paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for all the details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. K-Guard Iowa provides the largest, longest-lasting, most durable, clog-free gutters available. Match with excellent installation and customer service. And I can say that because I have K-Guard gutters on my home. The K-Guard Iowa team is devoted to providing customer service, expert workmanship, clog-free gutter systems, and a friendly experience, all at an affordable price. Visit the website, kguardiowa.com, and they'll provide you a free estimate. KGuard Iowa. One for podcasting. A business name is important, sure. For one, it's how we connect with you, find you, and do business with you. But what's behind the name matters more. Roshan Corporation of Iowa is now Graphite Construction Group. We're building offices, retail centers, tenant improvements, schools, and more. But the most important thing we build? Our relationship with you. Let's get started on your construction project. Visit us at graphitegrp.com.
Conditions apply. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Monday, Miller and Condon, welcome back. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Let's get our friend Scott Docterman uh, from The Athletic. He had a very busy week, a lengthy, lengthy one-on-one with Kirk Ferentz, and then a really informative piece on the unintended consequences of the uh, playoff expansion. Scott Docterman, Trent, and Ken, you've had a busy week, Doc. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. It's uh, beautiful weather, first day of summer, and it feels like great. Uh, I'm doing fantastic, but yeah, it's been a busy week. Uh, uh, you would probably say the last uh, ten or so days has been as impactful in college athletics yeah. as, as anything we've ever seen. Indeed, and continued this morning with the Supreme Court ruling that uh, Trent and I haven't had a chance to read like we will. <laughs> but you know what I mean, to familiarize ourselves a little bit. Uh, you know what comes after summer, Doc, and that's fall, and I, for one, am all for it. Anyways, uh, don't want to wish the summer away. Mm. Uh, no, but you your, no, but no. your piece, your piece with Ferris. So first of all, Doc, he gave you a whole ton of stuff. How long did you spend with him? Uh, because uh, you really picked his brain, and by the by reading the piece, it was very forthcoming. How much time did you get with him? About forty-five minutes That's or so. Uh, I, you know, we're doing a uh, story. We did a series of stories last week about kind of parody in you know parody panic is what we called it. Um, and about 15 different stories just relating to the competitive imbalance in college athletics. And so that was kind of my uh, start with him. I mean, he's the dean of, co- of college coaches, and we just wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, he, he had an idea. I mean, going all the way back to his grad assistant days at Pitt, I mean, they were a formidable team then. And, of course, he's been with Iowa. And then, you know, you kind of layer that with uh, the, the playoff expansion and other topics. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's a really big voice in the sport, and I think uh, an important one. So, yeah, it was it was nice to talk to him. Probably went a little longer than uh, originally planned, but uh, either way, it was uh, he had some really interesting and insightful information, I thought. You know, he wasn't real deep into the weeds in the new 12-game, per, uh, 12-team, excuse me, proposal for the playoff, but uh, one of the things I found interesting and something that Ken, Ken and I both bandied about, if you lose one of those first-round games – you don't got a chance to come back and still play in a bowl game. I know logistically it'd be difficult to pull off, but I think Kirk said, well, that stinks and mm-hmm. kind of agree with him. Put too. together that season, you sneak into the playoff, it's over. There will be no bowl destination. You think any wiggle room there and your takeaway overall talking playoff with Kirk Ferentz? You know, he's, he's right on. And, and I think there's a, uh, the logistical challenge might be a little bit too much um, to those teams. But if, if, you really praise the bowl system. There are four teams that will never get a bowl experience. I mean, can you imagine if you're a, a Central Florida and you come to mm-hmm. Iowa or Iowa State or Wisconsin for a first-round playoff game and get beat in a bad weather game, mm-hmm. and, and that's it. You don't get to go to a bowl game. You don't get uh, to, to walk around and go visit the hospital or some other place. That, you know, the, and so I think that's understandable for some sort of level of disappointment. Uh, but in talking to people, with, uh, you know, more people associated with the Bulls themselves, it, it's there's a, a thought that after a loss in a playoff game, then most of those teams will kind of 
be ready to just kind of cash out you know, this season. So, uh, but you know, twelve team playoff is is fascinating for how teams are going to regard their seasons. And when you look at Iowa under Kirk Ferentz, it's likely that they, he would have had four playoff teams. Same thing with Hayden Fry, and you know, and it's it's one thing to go to the Peach Bowl. Um, or a New Year's Six Bowl game, even the Orange Bowl when he went there, or the Rose Bowl, but that's not associated with the playoffs. And now it is. And so if to me, if, if Iowa hosts a playoff game, that's immediately the most important and biggest game in Kinnick Stadium history. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's really fascinating to me, and I think this is an important juncture in the playoff. That said, the chances of winning a championship are very, very, very slim for most programs outside sure. the top seven or eight teams, I think. You know, when you put it that way, Doc, I, I had not thought about you know just the importance this, where where historically it would rank among the biggest games in that stadium. But with the stakes on the line, you're you're right. Uh, interesting way of looking at it. Uh, Ferris is also, and it, it, it's very clear. I mean, the, these minor bowls have meant uh, a lot to uh, to the success of his program. I mean, I go back to when they won the 2001 Alamo Bowl with Kyle McCann as the starting quarterback. That felt like it was. Was a big deal uh, across the state, certainly more so to the eastern part of the state, but it meant a lot to the development uh, and to where this program was about to take off to. Uh, he, he holds these, air quote, minor bowls very closely. Sure, and, and I think he's right, and that's that's the thing. I mean, when you're talking about the playoff expansion, there's 12 teams. Well, there's, what, 84 that are actually eligible for the postseason? So a lot of these teams are going to be going uh, to, to bowl games, it matters. It matters more to some than others. I think when you talk about the group of five, it matters a lot uh, because it is an accomplishment. But then also uh, teams that are seven and five, six and six. I remember when Iowa State went to the Pinstripe Bowl almost what huge year deal. ago now. Yes, yes, and they beat Oklahoma State in that year. Uh, that was a fantastic game, and I and I went out there with them and. They were super excited about the bowl appearance, about where they were going. I remember Jamie Pollard standing up at the New York Stock Exchange or helping yep. ring the opening bell. And, and that was such it, it, you know, talking to Jeff uh, Woody uh, at, at 9-11, those were all big moments in people's lives. And for a team that was 6-6, six and six, that, was, that was major. So now my big, what I kind of focused on a lot more were the ones just right below the surface. Now, if you're Iowa this year and you are somewhere between, say, 11 and 14, um, maybe you get picked up and you go to the, and I'm just using this, the Peach Bowl, which is near six, or you go to the Citrus Bowl, which is just outside of it. That's not a big deal. But if it's the difference between a playoff and the Citrus or the Outback, that is a big deal. So I think that's something that uh, those bowls are going to have to be very cognizant of going forward because the motivational factor is going to change dramatically uh, for for those teams that they are lose a conference championship game, just miss out, um, or rank say in the top fifteen, but don't get in the playoffs. Some uh, interesting news and notes coming out from the Pac-12 right now. John Milner, Wilner, excuse me, who does a great job with he the Mercury does. News. Yep. Uh, if you're a college football fan, he's a must-follow on there. Talking about a uh, possibility, the Pac-12 looking at some different scheduling models and possibly moving to an eight-game conference schedule from the nine they're currently at. We talked about this with you before, Doc, and uh, one of your colleagues over at The Athletic, Stuart Mandel, says that he's continuing to push for that Champions Week 
for the 12th game. Three non-conference games, eight conference, and then everybody plays the final week along with the championship games in college football. Is that a model you'd be in favor of with the 12-game schedule? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was my model, and Stuart said he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the case. I, I mean, I do Rank think has that, its that, privilege. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I think that's, uh, when you look at uh, the, the league, there's going to have to be, you know, among among the SEC even, and let alone the, the Big Ten, of course, and Pac-12, they're going to have to start looking at, at some different models because when in the playoff era, you know, there have only been 28 spots, and 20 have been spoken for by four different teams. But uh, the ACC and SEC have, spoke, have taken up 16 of those 28 spots, and they only have eight-game league schedules. Now, last year was a little bit different, you know, because of the pandemic. But, but uh, the, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 have combined for 11 spots. And that's really, uh, you've got to look at what are you doing differently, and and take uh, the Big Ten, for instance. I mean, Ohio State was left out twice as a champion, and they lost West to West Divisional team on the road. And maybe they wouldn't have played those games to Iowa or Purdue. Now, you know, that's kind of a weak excuse across the board, but if you're looking at uh, specifics here, that's a reason you lose that game instead of playing UTEP or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or Louisiana Tech or something like that. You're in the playoff, and the playoff is what's going to matter the most, I think, going forward. So you've got to tailor your schedule. And, and you know, and for me, there's also the thought of abolishing division um, going forward and, say, playing an eight-game regular season schedule to protect three opponents, cycle out the other ten, you know, play them, you know, five, five of them, you know, two years on, two years off, and kind of rotate it that way. And then your last week, make it a matchup week. Because then it doesn't kill your numbers. Number three teams say there's a tiebreaker. Well, they're, just, they're in another game against another quality opponent. So I think that's something that everybody's going to evaluate going forward because you got to put yourself in the best possible position to make the playoff and have as many teams as possible make it. If you, if you only get one, it's probably a bad year if you're a, a power five team, but you're probably looking at hey, let's try to get three in there if you're the Big Ten. And it certainly seems like we're headed in that direction, right, Doc? And what I'm referring to is back to eight conference games as opposed to nine. I know Ference was on board with that. Uh, it, it just seems that it makes more sense to do it that way. Do you feel like that's where we will ultimately get to? And would that be as soon as, you know, let's say that we do get the expansion of the playoff, and I believe they'll they'll get their – if they pass it, they're not, it's not they're going to want to wait for – the soonest they can do it is 2023, and that's when I believe that they will do it. Do you do you get the sense that if it's 2023 that the Big Ten will be playing eight conference games, not nine? Yeah, I do. Uh, with the new commissioner, with this new playoff system, I think there's a lot more room for negotiation from the coaches, from the ADs, and I think they're all going to look at it the same way, and I think some of them will look at it you know, some mutually as well, but every now and then, you know, if, if Iowa has a – uh, you know, if they're playing four and four in the Big Ten and they have Iowa State at home, hey, this year let's just have eight home games and let's get three nobodies. So, we're, you know, Iowa, for instance, has zero, uh, you know, uh, you know they, they don't get to play a lot of <laughs> a variety. I should say, you know, zero variety when it comes to their non conference. It's Iowa State and two nobodies. Now they can kind of, you know, help improve that if they want to. But, you know, I, I, again, I think it comes down to put yourself in the best position to make the, the, to make the playoffs. And, and by doing that, if you're playing teams that, you know, are, 
easier to beat, then do it. And uh, and so I, I anticipate 2023 that being the case. Now, they're going to have to redo the 2022 schedule anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's possible it could happen for next year. But then that would put a mad scramble on everybody trying to find one more non-conference game. And I don't know if they want to do that because that could cost a lot of money. Supreme Court today rules 9-0 in favor of student-athletes, the NCAA. Another L for Mark Emmert and company. Uh, no surprise on that front, but a takeaway, if you will. What this means is, is this a watershed moment? Is this a day we'll be looking back upon? This is the day that stemmed the tide in changing college athletics or another blip on the radar? Oh, it's a, it's a massive day. I mean, they're going to, you know, now schools no longer will cap what they can offer student athletes as far as educational experiences go. You know, currently, uh, the, you know, the, the thought is, you know, up to the, the cost of attendance. Now it could be well beyond that. Uh, but I think in the big picture, you know, the NCAA has, has done nothing, zero over the last seven years. And this is what was going to happen if they continue to do nothing. And they have a no nothing, you know, nothing leadership in, in Mark Emmert. And, uh, you know, back, going all the way back to when Kane Coulter in 2014 yep. tried to organize a union. Mm. And then eventually the National Labor uh, the Board did not allow them to have union leadership, but it did, you know, it, it did show that this was coming. So they should have had three to four years ago some system in place so you don't lose the, these types of cases, high-profile <laughs> cases. And if the Supreme Court rules nine to nothing, yep. with as partisan as that is, it shows you you've got major problems. So, um, yeah, it's going to fundamentally alter college athletics forever. The specifics, I wouldn't be able to give it to you right now. There's a, there's a lot there to digest. But um, between that and uh, NIL, um, college athletics will be much different in five years than it is today. No question about it. And, and did Mark Emmer just get, I don't know if it was unanimous vote of confidence, but was he just not re-upped like within the last month? Yes, that's the craziest part of all. Right? Yeah, they extended him. How, do you, how can you extend him when he's, the, when he's a borderline pariah and has blown this stuff? How can you extend a guy like that? And I, I mean, it, it really shows that maybe the NCAA needs to be completely either blown up or, or revamped mm-hmm. from the foundation. And I think that's based on what the Supreme Court ruled today, that the whole premise of what the NCAA does in amateurism, it's, it's, it's illegal. Right. <laughs> so I think right now we're, uh, that they would be behoove themselves for somebody to walk in with a full resignation and just say, hey, sign here. Last week, a lengthy, as we discussed, lengthy uh, sit down with Kirk Ferentz and unintended consequences of the playoff expansion. So, beat that, uh, Scott Dockerman. What are you working on this week? <laughs> it's a huge week of recruiting for Iowa. Okay. Um, as big of a week as I can ever remember. Uh, because of the pandemic, they weren't able to get people on campus up until the, the June 1st, at least, you know, for visits. So uh, what happens this weekend is going to be massive for Iowa. I think they need to get to – they've got five commits. They need to get probably 10-plus uh, by the end of the month. So um, that's that's kind of what I'm working on is, is more recruiting-based stuff this week. Unless, of course, um, you know, say the Big Ten decides to solve or uh, add 15 more teams. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that, would, uh, that would make you put in a little, a little OT. Great stuff, Doc. Yeah. Thank you, Trent and I, both subscribers of The Athletic, and glad we are. So thank you, Scott Dockerman. Appreciate it.
All right. Have a good one, guys. Thank same. you. Good to talk to you. Scott Docterman from The Athletic. Uh, four bucks a month. Mm-hmm. It's uh, worth it. It's so worth it. Whether you're a fan of, you pick the team, I'll guarantee mm-hmm. you, you'll be able to find something about your, look, there's a, every week there's articles on the Winnipeg Jets. You're in good shape. Right? Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that, and they're pretty far down the list is where I'm going as far as popularity. <laughs> and if I can find my squad, I'm guessing you can too. Miller and Condon, back to wrap things up. It's POD time, play of the day. Uh, when we come back on 1460 KXNO and 106. If you plan to buy a franchise business or you're thinking of starting a new franchise, there's a lawyer right here in central Iowa that can help you through the process. Rush Nigget, a brick gentry law PC, has set up an affordable service to help individuals considering buying or starting a franchise business. Learn more online at rushonbusiness.com. Let Rush Nigget help you buy or start your franchise. Rush Nigget, the franchise lawyer with brick gentry law PC. It's good. Wolf Roofing has learned a few things over the years. We understand that no one wants their home improvement project to drag on. So at Wolf Roofing, we plan for your project well before we set foot on site. As a result, most projects are done in one day. We also know quality is important in the big things like a proper installation and in the details like cleaning up well and using magnets to find stray nails. Find us on the web at wolfroofing.net or give us a call 225 225- Fun you can bet on. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, 10 minutes before noon. Welcome back. Our final few minutes of a very, very busy Monday with an incredible weekend behind us. I'm already looking forward to the next one. Yeah. (laughs) Don't have to wait too long. No, indeed. This is the last weekend in June. July will be upon us before we know it. Rip another month on that calendar as we inch our way to August. We're getting close. Yes. It's, uh, it's in the air. Get through summer. Yep. But you, again, don't want to wish it away. Yeah. You think for yourself. Come on. No. You got, I, the, you got that cold blood, Canadian blood going through you, too. No, I listen. I'm, I'm dead. I love the summer. Yeah, I do, too. I love I the heat. Too. like to be outside, get a good sweat going. Do you? You. No, not anymore. My face breaks out. Oh, yeah. I can't take it. Anyways, that's enough about that. <laughs> anyway. Um, so have you got to play? I know you're busy tonight. You've got high school baseball yes. coming up. And I see you're doing a couple of city schools. Yep. Way to go. Going to uh, be out at Roosevelt tonight, the Rough Riders, and a uh, new head coach out there taking over for Coach Miller. They will be taking on the rail splitters from the south side, so get to see them in action. No lights at the Roosevelt Field. So where did they play? Right behind the high school? It's... Where are they practice? Is it the football practice field or close by? The practice field's right next to it, yeah. Okay. Baseball field, though, looks out over the shops of Roosevelt. I gotcha, yep. It's a really cool backdrop. One yep. of the cooler ones. Not a real deep fence to left field, but they got a high fence out there. So, cool backdrop. Really fun place to watch a ball game. And I'll be there tonight. Six o'clock, an hour start, earlier start. Uh, since they will play beginning at three thirty, as opposed to five o'clock with the first so game of the doubleheader. So you've got game two and do so at six. So a relatively early night for you yes. when it comes to baseball. Might be right? home before the kids go to bed for once, and, and can, you can watch those underdog L.A. Dodgers against uh-huh. the Padres. I will be playing the Dodgers. Tonight. You have to, right? Yeah. It's, if you missed it earlier, um, it's about one hundred and fifty games since the Dodgers took the field as an underdog. One hundred and fifty games. Explain this one to me. Okay. The Diamondbacks, as we know, are garbage. Terrible. They're playing the Brew Crew. They are. They have lost 17 straight. Mm-hmm. They throw Merrill Kelly 
on the mound, who has an ERA approaching six. Okay. Against Brad Anderson, who's yeah. below average. Yeah. Minus 120 is all you have to lay with the Brewers. It yeah. seems, I'm going to. Yeah. But something's up here. So what are you going to do? Are you going to take the Dodgers to the Brewers? No, I'm going to play meet separately. Are you? And then my final play, I do have one more. The Cubs tonight. Alzali. Alzali mm. coming off the blister. Yep. Concerning against the Valley, who's a really good curveball specialist. Okay. I really like this kid. He's good. He's good. He's yep. solid. Plus 135 with the Indians. Look, the, the, the Cubs are, aren't tearing the cover off the no, wall. No, not at all. They had two yesterday. They scored two runs yesterday, <laughs> right. and that was a big day for them when you consider the other days in the weekend. I'm with you. That's a pretty good price on Cleveland. So Cleveland, Milwaukee, yeah. and the Dodgers. Maybe we'll uh, let's throw them together. We'll round-robin it. We're going to do the round-robin. Why? Give, a, give it a whirl. Why not? Yes. I, I'm with you on Cleveland. I think Cleveland can beat the uh, the Cubbies tonight. I hope I'm wrong. No uh-huh. no NBA tonight. No NBA. One NHL. Really big game. It's game a pivotal five. game five. Yeah. Yep. The uh, Lightning will host those pesky New York Islanders. Uh, game five. I think that's seven o'clock tonight. By the way, if you've been following the hockey, they are giving the prime chair to the wrong play-by-play guy. Oh, yeah? Kenny Albert's a good announcer, but John Forslund, or Forsyth, John Forslund, He's doing the uh, Vegas Golden Knights Montreal. He's 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 really good. Yeah, and they're they're and the, the A team is Kenny Albert and Olchek and uh, but it shouldn't be. And this guy's better, and he's got a good gig coming up. He's got the uh, franchise uh, the expansion Kraken. He'll be moving to Seattle. Anyways. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty good gig, right? Yeah. And are the rules the same as what Vegas got as it pertains to? The expansion sadly, draft. Sadly, the answer is yes. Because, well, we saw the explosion. Like, how does this happen? They said, well, they kind of rigged it. They did. So they're not going to be a quote-unquote standard And the worst part team. about it, they don't lose a player in the expansion draft. Vegas. And everybody except for Vegas everybody does. Everybody except for Vegas. And Vegas is, I think, going to be playing for a cup again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, just sound like a, anyways. You're a little bitter. A tad, just, just a little a tad. Bit. But you know what? With these, uh, with the two winter sports going into July, as they will, mm-hmm. I mean, we could do without the circumstances that put us in this boat. <laughs> right. But it's pretty cool. It is. Yeah, I, I really, really like enjoy it. it. Yeah. Are we going to see kind of a change no, in the schedule? I don't think so I think they're going back. Yeah. I think June's going to be baseball or bust uh, at these two weeks once we get crown champions in uh, early June. Anxious to see the television numbers when they come out later on today, how the U.S. Open did. There was a game one in the NBA, two big market teams. Um, I mean, golf won, but how much? By how much? And how much was cut into because just it. there was a Western Conference Absolutely. final. Absolutely. We shall see. Fun show today. Uh, Murph and Andy in an hour and five minutes. The Fanatics at three. High school baseball at six. Morning rush. Twelve hours later, they begin a new day of local programming. We're Miller and Condon Monday through Friday from 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3.